It's the most all-star studded challenge ever. And this time, it's every competitor for themselves. Best challenge ever! The Challenge All-Stars. New season now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply. It's the UEFA Champions League on Paramount+. Plus. Europe's top club soccer tournament. Champions versus champions. The best teams facing off in the knockout rounds. Magnificent! And it all takes place. While you're filling out financial reports at work. In the middle of your day. In the middle of your week. So use that second screen. Call in sick. Do whatever you gotta do to tune in Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Nobody watches the UEFA Champions League like us. Stream every match live exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. And we are back, folks, on the Michigan Insider, michigan.247sports.com. My name is Alejandro Suniga, host today for episode three of our podcast series, Behind Enemy Lines. This is where we take a look at the Michigan football team's upcoming opponent. And for week three, of course, we have the Yukon Huskies. Now, if you have listened to the first couple weeks of this podcast, you're going to hear some pretty familiar themes. This is a program that is in the first stages of a rebuild. It's undergone quite a bit of roster transition and a recent coaching change. Uh, But if you're like most Michigan fans, maybe you haven't followed the UConn football team since 2013 when, when Michigan played there or back when Michigan rededicated the big house and welcomed the UConn Huskies for that. So I'm very excited to have with me today, Joe Aruda of the Hartford Current covers UConn football and UConn men's basketball. Joe, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? I'm, I'm doing fantastic. Excited, as always, for another week of Michigan football, another week at the big house. And, you know, just football's great. And while Michigan hasn't necessarily had the most demanding non-conference schedule with, with first Colorado State, and then Hawaii, now UConn, um, every week's exciting and we only get 12 or so of them a year. So, so let's go ahead and dive right in. Uh, Joe, I'm sure you can tell us more about this, but UConn has had a relatively rough start to the 2022 season. Uh, record wise one in two looked pretty encouraging. If, if I'd have to say, even in the loss to Utah state, uh, but it's been a pretty, pretty rocky last 12 months I'd say with the coaching change and then just a ton of injuries from your perspective what was the offseason like and what has the first quarter of this season been like so far no I wasn't here um for for Randy Edsel who was the coach before Mora but it, I also have an interesting perspective where all I've seen is the energy that this team has given off um and I think since hiring Jim since hiring Mora um the excitement around the program has completely flipped. Um, they, it, they feel, you know, obviously the Syracuse loss was tough, but you know, after the first two games, you know, things were feeling good around the program. And I think things still are. Um, no one's, I don't know if you can find someone that's expecting uh, UConn to upset Michigan. Um, honestly, with UConn Twitter, there's probably a tweet out there that says it, but <laughs> actually leaves that. Um, so, so they kind of know where they're at and, and they know that this is the first year of a rebuild. They're not going to be incredible right away. You know, Mora, he comes, he had a long NFL coaching career. He was the head coach for the Falcons and for the Saints, um, and for the Seahawks. Um, but you know, the excitement that he brings, you know, 40 new, new players on the roster, um, 
it, it doesn't really matter, I guess, that I wasn't here before because it's a whole new team. Sure, sure. And, and yeah, just, just to give some context to that, uh, I was listening to, to Jim Moore's press conference yesterday and, you know, that, that's what he was saying. You know, he was saying that, you know, well, we're going to go into the big house. We're going to fight like heck. And, you know, he said, our goal is to come in there and win. Uh, and, and of course it's a, it's a 46 point line, I think at, at last check. Uh, so certainly the odds are against him, but you're looking at a program here that hasn't had a winning season in a decade or so. I think it is, you know, hasn't been to a bowl in quite some time uh, and is even, it's working a little bit hamstrung, you know, J- coach Morrow was talking the other day that, that the roster size that he has to work with is smaller than the roster sizes of most college football programs, including Michigan's. Uh, so, so there is, uh, he's got his work cut, cut out for him and, and certainly going into Michigan stadium and going into, you know, a game against one of the top programs in the country right now, uh, it is not an easy way to take that next step, but, uh, you play who's on your schedule for Michigan, that's UConn and for UConn, that's Michigan. Um, so, so we're going to go ahead and, and get started on the offense. Uh, there's, there's a couple names that if you're a Michigan fan, uh, you might be familiar with. Uh, one of them, unfortunately, isn't playing. Uh, that that would be is it Taquan Roberson, uh, former Penn State quarterback, who unfortunately tore his ACL less than a half into the season. Uh, the other is actually the the backup quarterback now, who's Clay Millen's brother, Clay Millen, who uh, we saw with Colorado State. Uh, but if you could do me the favor, Joe, give me give me an overview of of the UConn offense. Well, what should we expect on Saturday? Yeah, so you mentioned Taekwon, um, and and you know, I, I, you when you texted me, you said first quarter of the season, and quite literally, the first quarter of the season was the greatest quarter that UConn's had played in a very long time. Um, they got up early, fourteen nothing on Utah State. Um, Taekwon looked completely confident and fully ready to lead the offense. You know, they go down the field their first drive. He gets a you know a rushing touchdown on a QB sneak. Um, the running back, Nate Carter, had 75 total yards on the drive. Um, and everything looked good. You know, Twitter, everyone, you know, everyone was watching UConn. Um, and then the second – well, and then Roberson goes down in the second drive. Ten plays into the game, he goes down. Um, their second – so then Zion Turner, the true freshman, comes in. He's been named the starter. Um, and the program is fully committed to him, even though you've we've seen a little bit of Cal um, in-game. But – you know, we go into that second quarter and Zion's in his first throw of his, his college career is an interception. Um, Nate Carter, who just had that, you know, spectacular first quarter, um, he fumbles and Utah State scores 24 points in the second quarter and UConn's got nothing. Um, so so the offense, you know, ever since that first quarter, you know, we they lost their you know second best receiver um, after he caught a touchdown in that quarter. Um, their top receiver broke his foot in camp and he's out for the season. Um, so they're down their top two receivers. They have a true freshman in at quarterback. And that kind of, you know, sums up what's going on in UConn. I think it's important to recognize Nate Carter. Um, he's, I think he's currently second in the FBS in rushing yards. Um, UConn's obviously played an extra game, but he's up there too in, in yards per game. And I think he's second in the FBS in yards per carry. Um, so he's been tremendous so far. The offensive line is one of the things that, have been completely revamped. Um, a lot of transfers, um, 
a lot of really good players that were just kind of overlooked on past UConn teams, but now they have the coaching behind them. Um, and they've really bought into the whole new coaching staff. Everyone on the coaching staff is new. Um, so, you know, they're running Nick Charlton's offense. He was the youngest head coach in FBS um, when he joined, when he was the head coach at Maine. He's 33 years old now. He's a young mind. Um, he works well with Mora in tandem. Um, so we're seeing a lot of the run game in this offense. And I think against Michigan, we'll probably see it even more. Um, the best way to think about the Michigan game that I've been doing, that I, the way I've been thinking about it is, you know, it's the Syracuse game, but even harder. <laughs> so I think the game plan for UConn in, at Michigan is going to be very similar to that. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to throw the ball down the field a lot. Or not a lot, sorry. A lot more than last last week against Syracuse. Um, Zion Turner completed 14 of 17 passes, but he only had 92 passing yards. And a lot of those were after the catch. Um, I don't think he threw a ball past 10 yards down the field. Um, which... You know, they're trying to protect him. They've had they have a rough stretch. You know, Syracuse, Michigan, NC State, um, and then Fresno State. So it's it's a rough stretch. They're just trying to get through it. I think honestly, coming out of the Michigan game, as long as they have a team that they can put on the field, I think that's a good sign. <laughs> that's uh that's maybe the bare minimum, but uh hopefully also coming out out of it with I believe it's a, a one point eight million dollar check. Uh, written out to the UConn Athletic Department by the University of Michigan. Uh, but you mentioned Zion Turner, uh, that that's a true freshman at quarterback for UConn. Uh, he's a former three-star recruit uh, per, per 24-7. Uh, he's a guy, like like you mentioned, uh, he, he can throw the ball accurately. Uh, however, UConn hasn't really used him a ton to throw the ball down the field. It's a lot of, a lot of shorter stuff and then hope he can get something after the catch. He's also a dual threat athlete. So, so unlike uh, for Michigan in, in the last game against Hawaii, you really had a, a quarterback who was sitting in the pocket and you didn't really expect him to do much damage with his feet. Zion Turner is a guy who, who you would expect to challenge you a little bit there. And you mentioned Nate Carter, who is um, a really established running back and a really solid one as well. So, so certainly some pieces in the UConn offense that will provide some interesting challenges for Michigan. Uh, let's flip over to the defensive side here. Um, so looking at highlights of that Syracuse game, well, let's start with this. Even before we get to the Syracuse game, I tried to figure out who UConn's defensive coordinator is. There is no defensive coordinator. What's going on there? Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. New CBS Sunday. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. When something is lost, everyone's looking for something. He finds it. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. Justin Hartley stars. How you survive, you make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker. New Sunday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Yeah, so... Defensive coordinator was was Lou Spanos. He was actually one of the only coordinators or coaches that that came over that stayed on the 
on the staff when Mora came. Um, he has NFL experience. He coached with Mora when they were they were both at UCLA together for I think a year or two. Um, he had to step away from the program for personal reasons. Um, we don't know what those were, but we we hope the best for him and for whatever it may be. Um, you know, the defense is called on the field more as a defensive mind. Um, he was a defensive defensive coach in the NFL. Um, he he has that experience, and the way that it's been playing out is he's got the final say really, um, is ter- in terms of play calling. But he's working with the linebackers coach, the defensive backs coach, and and the uh, the line coach to uh, to to figure out kind of the defensive scheme and everything like that. It seems like it's kind of it's working out. Um, it's working pretty well, I would say, better than you kind of would expect. Um, but obviously, it's not the perfect situation. Like you said, it's it's a challenge when you're talking about UConn because really the the mountain they have to climb as a program is is just so steep right now. You know, it's been it's been so many years and, you know, a decade plus of, of really struggling and, and a program that, you know, UConn, as many will recall, was the first FBS program to kind of throw in the towel on the 2020 season. And, you know, what, whether the, obviously a pandemic and, and those circumstances are, are, are once in a, in a century, you'd hope, but, but it's tough to, to rebuild that program or sustain a program when, when you fully cancel a season, you know, when, when Randy Edsel, the, the previous coach is retiring, but then kind of quits mid season, like th- there's a lot to do. Plus you've got a smaller roster, you know, all these things. So, so I'm looking at the Syracuse game and I'm seeing, you know, it was, it was a 34 point game ultimately, um, you know, it's, it's a Syracuse team that didn't have to punt until the fourth quarter uh, and, and seemed like they were, getting what they wanted on the offensive side of the ball. Uh, when you're looking at the UConn defense, what would you say are the strengths? The strengths is the front seven. Um, line, Jack, Jackson Mitchell is the player to watch. Um, he's the captain of the defense. Um, he's, he's really good. Um, <laughs> he was one of the best in the FBS last year, and it kind of got overshadowed by everything else around UConn. Um, people kind of just dismiss UConn, it seems like. But he right now I think he's second in the FBS for tackles. Um, he's, he's a really good linebacker. Um, and I would not be surprised to see him in the NFL in a couple of years, honestly. Um, he's the captain of the defense, you know, not the technical captain because UConn sends out different guys every week, but, um, he's the captain of the defense and he, he's has the experience. He considered transferring like, like a lot of players, honestly, from last year, but, but Mora coming in really kept a lot of guys to stay. Um, and Jackson Mitchell was one of the main ones. Um, so they, they have been doing better. At, they were one of the worst teams in the FPS. We got to kind of put in the, the, uh, the background here is, you know, last year they were one of the worst teams all around defensively in the FPS. Um, this year, they're not, they're really not. Um, and I think there's a lot more potential, obviously, you know, some tough games coming up. So the numbers are going to get a little crazy, but um, you know, Jackson Mitchell looking at his numbers, he had 16 tackles against Utah state. He had 16 tackles against Syracuse. And then against uh, Central, he had five. So expect to see him have a lot of tackles. He seems to like playing the good teams. And a lot of the times, you know, it might be he's the last shot to get someone down. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, Pat, the passing game defensively is a little bit of a weakness um, for UConn. And, and obviously, you know, Michigan will probably take advantage of that, um, even though I know Michigan likes to run the ball. Um, 
So, so yeah, you know, the defense, it's one of those things where it's hard to explain because everyone is so new. We know there's, you know, transfer from Kentucky Marquez Bembry on in the linebacking group. Um, I think that's probably the strongest group that they have, but it's tough when, you know, it's hard to defend the pass, especially when the, the lack of size is, is really huge. All right. Fair enough. I, I, you've mentioned a lot of players and, and you mentioned a lot of new players on this UConn team. Uh, is there someone, you know, these games represent such an opportunity uh, for, for a team like UConn because it's a chance to get your, I mean, this is ABC, this is national television. It's playing in front of the biggest crowd that, that most of these players are going to see in college and probably for their entire football careers. Uh, is there someone, maybe you've mentioned him already, maybe you haven't, uh, who you think could make a name for himself uh, on Saturday? Yeah, I think, well, I, I mentioned Nate Carter already. Um, he had 190 rushing yards in, against Utah State, 10 receiving just to make it an even 200. Mm-hmm. Um, he He's a really good running back. He's very balanced. He's powerful and he has speed when he gets out into space. Um, there are a couple plays against Utah State, if anyone wants to go back and watch the highlights, where you know, he looked like he was going down. He even had, he had a hand on the turf. He got, but he stayed up and um, he had like a, I think his long that game was a 56 yard run. But, you know, when he gets, he can find space. And once he does, you know, UConn is, can have explosive plays. Um, against Syracuse, they had, they had two, they scored twice. Um, you know, Nate Carter's a big reason for that. Um, he only had 80 rushing yards that game, but, you know, Obviously, Syracuse is a much bigger defense than, you know, a Central Connecticut or a uh, or a Utah State. Um, other than him, I would say it's honestly his backup, Devontae Houston. It's kind of hard to point to anyone on the offensive side that's not a running back. Um, but the the depth that they have at, at running back is is pretty big. And Devontae Houston's a very fast runner. Um, he's probably, you know, up there with, with the fastest guys in college football. Um Last game against Syracuse, he wasn't supposed to play. He hurt his shoulder, um, but he he played anyways. His grandma was at the game. He really wanted to play. He put on a little extra padding, um, and he had a pretty good game. Um, super fast kid. Um, so I think if he can if he can get out into some space against Michigan, I'm not exactly sure the status of his shoulder. I know he's going to play. Um, you know, he's he's a guy that can make plays with his legs. You got to do it for grandma, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, that, that, that should definitely be something to keep an eye on, especially for, for a Michigan team that has faced, you know, Colorado state and, and Hawaii, which are more run and shoot air raid style offenses, uh, you know, having, having an offense that's going to lean more on its running game, you know, certainly Hawaii did a little bit, uh, but it sounds like it, this is the strength for UConn. Yeah. For, and I think it's important to note um, when we're talking about Zion Turner, he has the ability to throw the ball down the field. Um, the problem so far has been getting him comfortable making his reads, adjusting to the speed of the game. Um, and UConn's offensive line is good, but they're not, you know, power five size. Um, and a lot of the, you know, the receivers are small and they've had trouble getting, you know, creating separation at the line so far. So that's, that's kind of all gone, gone into it. All right, then, Joe, I, I think it's time to put your reputation on the line here. I always like to ask our guests for, for one prediction for the game. Now, this doesn't necessarily have to be a score prediction, doesn't necessarily have to be, you know, whether Michigan will cover or not. 
but but what's one thing that you, as you're looking at this matchup, that, that you expect to see on Saturday? Well, as far as, you know, I'm going to stay away from the score prediction because I think uh, – <laughs> think that would would wouldn't do good for anyone um but um you know know, when you when you told me you're gonna ask this i thought it was the score prediction but i wouldn't be surprised to see i would watch for jackson mitchell getting at least 15 tackles um nate carter i want to say 100 rushing yards that would be kind of a stretch um i'm gonna say it anyways nate carter 100 rushing yards it's my prediction there you go be bold I like it. All right, Joe, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, why don't you tell us uh, before you go where we can find your work, where Michigan fans who are looking to read up on UConn, uh, where, can, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JoeRuda9 um, and at HartfordCurrent.com, C-O-U-R-A-N-T.com. Um, you can find all of our UConn football coverage. I just wrote a story yesterday. There's also a little nice side storyline to watch, which, you know, this game, the side storylines on the UConn side are, are really what's what's fun. Um, UConn had a player who he was an offensive lineman. He had a medical emergency that caused him to lose almost a hundred pounds, um, and now he's he started a tight end against Syracuse. Um, so, and Morris thinks that he's an NFL uh, caliber player. Um, so, go to my Twitter. Go on. Uh, okay. current, I just wrote that story yesterday, so uh, you know, take a look at that. But sorry, I had to put that plug in there. Absolutely. No, that, that's what makes sports great. And that's what makes, you know, even a matchup like this can make it so interesting is that, uh, you know, while, while the final outcome might not be in question, uh, while on paper, at least like the, the disparity and talent between the two teams may be a little big, you know, at the end of the day, these are people and these are real stories and these are elite athletes, you know, every single one of them. And every single one of them has has put their hopes and their dreams and hundreds and thousands and thousands of hours of effort into getting onto that football field on Saturday. And some, as you mentioned, even a little more than that. Uh, so for myself, Alejandro Suniga over at the Michigan Insider, Joe, thank you so much for joining us. Uh, to everyone listening, thank you. Feel, uh, please rate, subscribe, tell your friends about this podcast. And we will see you out at the big house, uh, Michigan against UConn, ABC, noon on Saturday for the final non-conference game of the season. And we'll catch you at the big house. Peace. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow. Now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.